Good morning. Good morning. We thank you all for coming today. And we're going to read in a moment God's word and consider the message of the resurrection and what it means to us. First of all, let's have a word of prayer. We give thanks, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity we have this morning to meet, for the freedom we have to do it. We give thanks for every person who has come, and we pray now that we would not only have had a meeting with one another, but that you will make your presence known to us and speak to us through your word. For this reason we have come, and we would say, as the servants of old said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. And so we commit ourselves into your care, and I pray let the words of my heart and my meditation be pleasing to thee, O God, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I want to read from the book of Job, and you'll, time is short, and you'll excuse me if I'm going to be very frank with you this morning. When you go to the doctor's office, you don't want to hear about the weather. You don't want him to beat around the bush. You want him to come to the point and tell you what you need to know. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And we're going to read a question out of the book of Job, chapter 14. In verse 14, I'm just going to read the question at the first part of the verse, which says, If a man die, shall he live again? This is the question. If a man die, shall he live again? So you're here today to celebrate the resurrection. What do you care about the resurrection? It's a tradition. But what does it mean to you personally? Why is the resurrection important? Maybe it isn't. Maybe you're just doing it because everyone does it. Do you think about the resurrection? I'm going to tell you this morning why you should care about the resurrection. We're thinking this morning about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. This gospel that the apostles preached, that the world has heard since that time is, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Without that, there's no gospel. Without that, there's no good news. Without that, we'd be worshiping a dead man who can't help anyone. I know plenty of people who have died. The longer I live, the more I know that way. None of them can help us. But Jesus Christ is not in the tomb. He rose from the dead. But this is the question that people ask. What is there after death? The Spanish have a saying. Nadie ha muerto y vuelto. It means no one has died and come back from the dead. And with that, they kind of excuse it. They say, well, no one really knows what's out there because no one has ever come back to tell us. But they're wrong. If you read the scriptures, you'll find there are plenty of examples in here of people who died and came back. But the one who came back and lived forever is the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins. That's the first thing you need to know this morning. He died for you so that you won't have to die for your sins. Someone else took your place. That's substitute. He died for your sins. 
He's not a religious leader. He's a savior. According to the scriptures, it says, the Old Testament scriptures, if you read the Old Testament, I hope you're reading the Bible. If you read it, you'll find all these sacrifices, but they never took away sin. Finally, when the Lord Jesus came to this earth, John the Baptist, the last of the prophets, pointed to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, not the lambs, not the animals, not all those that have been sacrificed, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't say for a select few. He said the sin of the world. Without the resurrection, there's no proof that God was satisfied with the death of Christ for us. He bore our sins, Peter says, in his own body on the tree. When he died for us, he was carrying a load, and that load was our sins. He was punished for our sins. But he had no sin in himself. And when he rose from the grave on that third day, the morning, he rose from the grave. He didn't come out the door. Someone already mentioned that. The stone was not rolled away to let him come out. It was rolled away to show that he wasn't in there. So the people on the outside could see that he wasn't there. He was already gone. But I come back to the question. What do you care about the resurrection? What does it mean to you personally? I know what it means to me. And the Bible answers this question that we have in the book of Job in many places. If a man die, will he rise again? Will he live again? For example, think about the words of Christ when he begins the book of Revelation. You know, the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John. It was what was revealed to him when he was a prisoner. He was in, in um, exile on the Isle of Patmos. And there the Lord appeared to him. He knew him because he'd been one of his disciples. He said, I saw a glorious figure. It was like the Son of Man, like we might see someone from a distance. He said, that looks like John. And when he gets a little closer, oh, it is John. Well, he saw this person, this glorious person. And when he took a good long look at him and saw him closer, he said, it's the Lord. He spoke to him. And this is what he said, Revelation 1.18. I am he that liveth and was dead. Nobody in your family who's passed on can say that. No, none of my friends or family who have passed on can say that. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, that means pay attention, look at this. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Forevermore. The book of Hebrews describes him this way. He lives forever in the power of an indestructible life. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, if he's alive, he rose from the dead, I can guarantee you this this morning, you're going to know him. Now maybe there are people here this morning that aren't too sure about that. You will be. There are those of us who are believers, we're looking forward to meeting him, and there are those who are not really believers yet, they're kind of friends of believers or followers, of believers or whatever. But they're not really believers yet. You're going to meet him too. But you need to come to terms with him in this life because when you meet him after death, it'll be too late if you didn't trust him in this life. No second chances after death. The question of the ages. If a man die, 
will he live again. Christ said, I am he that liveth and was dead. When we go to the Old Testament, and the Bible speaks with amazing clarity in answer to this question. When we go to the Old Testament and we read, in many places we see evidence of the resurrection of the dead. Uh, Job spoke of it. He said, though, my, though those skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh will I see God. He was sure of it. The prophet Daniel, I'm going to read to you. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, well, verse 2. It says, Daniel is prophesying about the future, and he says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Two resurrections. We're not talking about the resurrection of Christ now. We're talking about us. Every person in this room, every person in the state of California, every person in the world is going to rise from the dead. Yes, the death is not the end. Oh, wouldn't you like it if death were the end? Wouldn't you like it? Because then there would be no reckoning. Then there would be no accounts to be settled. You just die like an old man told me in Spain. I asked him, what would happen, what's going to happen to you when you die? And he said, they're going to put me in the hole in the ground and I'm going to rot. And that's the end of it. I said, no, that's what's going to happen to your body. But that's not what's going to happen to you. And when I read in the book of Revelation, I read about the resurrection of the body and the body and the soul and the spirit all put together again. The person recomposed before God and standing there before that great white throne. So I didn't ask you just what they're going to do with your body. I'm asking you what's going to happen to you. And the scripture tells us and is insisting that we need to understand the resurrection, not just as it applies to the Lord Jesus Christ. We know he rose from the dead and lives in the power of an indestructible life forever. But what about us? What's going to happen to us? And that's the thing you need to think about, my friend, today. What's going to happen to you? The Old Testament, the prophet Daniel said, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Two kinds of resurrection. And on what does it depend? Not on wishing. Some people think they can wish themselves into being a Christian. I might say to you, uh, I want to be a doctor. Okay, does that make me a doctor? I want to be a Christian. Well, suppose I say it even stronger. I say, I am a doctor. I believe I'm a doctor. Does that make me a doctor? Would you come to me if you were sick? No. I want to be a Christian. I am a Christian. Because you say you are? No. To be a Christian is to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was not a Christian when he was Saul. He was a persecutor of the Christians. And he met the resurrected Jesus Christ when he was on the road to go to the city of Damascus to persecute the Christians. And he met him in his glory there. Who are you, Lord, he said. I am Jesus who you persecute. And down on his face in the dust he said, Lord... And that second time he said, Lord, it wasn't just a term of respect. It was the term of submission. Lord, 
What do you want me to do? He believed in him. He trusted in him. He passed in that moment from a life in which he was dead spiritually, no fellowship and no communion with God and no walking with God and not even caring about his will to being a person who lived only to do the will of God. He passed from death to life. Two kinds of people. Some who will be resurrected to live with the Lord because they trusted in him in this life. And others who will be resurrected even though they were not believers. You don't have a say in it, friend. You don't have a say in whether you're going to be resurrected or not. That word belongs to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read to you about that in a moment. Let's turn there now. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. First of all, verse 22, the Lord Jesus said, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. All judgment. So the Lord Jesus Christ is not only Savior, but he's judge. No one is going to say to the Lord, judge not. You're judging me. Judge not, lest you be not judged, that you be not judged. He's not, no one is going to say that to him because he is the one that God has established to be the judge. The Father committed all judgment to the Son. And here's how it's going to happen. Verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Read verse 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. People say to me sometimes, well, uh, people can't be saved because they're dead in trespasses and sin. This is a, a reformed idea. They're dead and dead people can't hear. You talk to a dead person, he can't hear you. So they can't hear the voice of God. Let me tell you what the scripture says. This is not a theology course. This is a scripture course. And the scripture says, The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. The dead can hear. There's one voice they can hear. The voice of the Lord. And shall come forth, verse 29, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. You say, ah, there I've got you. They did good, so salvation is by works. All we have to do is do good and God will accept us. No, you have to keep reading. In the very next chapter in the Gospel of John, people asked the Lord, they said to him, what should we do that we might do the works of God? What does it mean to do good? And he said, the Lord said, this is the work that you should do. Believe on him that God has sent. That's it. That's the only work you can do to be saved. Believe, that means to trust in. Not to know about, not to believe things about, but to trust in him. Believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work to do. So people who have done that, those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, are going to have this first resurrection he speaks of here. They will come forth to the resurrection of life. They're going to live forever in heaven with Christ. 
Christ rose from the dead. That's hope for me. That's encouragement and that's confidence for me because he promised I'm going to be with him. And he's alive. I don't trust in a dead man. He's alive. Lenin is still in his tomb. Muhammad is still in his tomb. Nobody even knows where Buddha's tomb is. The tomb of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go there, but I happen to have been there and seen it with my own eyes. It's empty. It's empty. He lives. Those who have done evil, and if you read the book of Romans, the first three chapters of the book of Romans, you'll find out why God is angry. Why God has to bring judgment upon this earth. First three chapters of the book of Romans, you'll find it out. Because this is all we have done. This is what is in our hearts. What's in us that makes us the way we are. And the Bible word for that is sin. We do it, we think it, we feel it, we speak it. That's our natural habitat. Someone said, it's in your DNA. I don't know about that, but you know what they mean. Those who have done evil. Anybody here like to stand this morning and say they never did anything wrong? And even if you did, then I would ask your mother. <laughs> to the resurrection of damnation. That means condemnation. Why are men and women, why are people going to rise from the dead only to be condemned? Why didn't you just leave them there? The scripture tells us very clearly in the book of Revelation, they're going to be raised from the dead in order to pass judgment. Not so that God can decide about their case, but so he can show them what their condition is and why they're not allowed into heaven. He's going to show it to them. And you know what he's going to tell them? He's going to tell them the same thing we've been trying to tell you all this time. He's going to tell them the same things that are in this book because this is his book. He's already given us the answers to the test ahead of time. They're all right here in this book. The book of Hebrews says, chapter 9 and verse 27, It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the funeral home and the cemetery. Is that what it says? It's not talking about the judgment of the living. It's talking about the judgment of those who have died. After this, after death, the judgment. Oh, wouldn't people like it if they knew that death was the end and that was it? Wouldn't the people who have uh, been guilty of mass murder, wouldn't the people who have been guilty of ethnic cleansing, and wouldn't all the people who have committed crimes, and wouldn't all the people who have lived adulterous, wicked lives, wouldn't all of these people love to know that when they died, that's it, and that nothing is ever going to touch them again, and that they escape judgment? You can escape it in this life, my friend, but you can't escape it in the end. Because Scripture tells us that even though men don't bring us to account for our sin, there's coming a day. It is appointed unto man once to die. You have an appointment. And you're not going to break it. You're going to go. I don't like the dentist. Who does? Oops, maybe there's a dentist here. shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> and if I have an appointment, I'll do anything I can to break it. Put it off 
There's one place I don't want to go. I'll wiggle around and squirm like a worm on a hot rock to keep from having to go to that. I don't want it. Oh, I have a cold today. Oh, I have something else I have to do. We'll think of something. No one is going to break this appointment that God has set. It is appointed. And you didn't call and make the appointment. God wrote it down. He made the appointment. It is established in heaven. For man, that means humanity. For human beings, the word is anthropos. It means humanity. Once to die, not reincarnation. Once to die, and after this, the judgment. Because there's a resurrection. So what do you care about the resurrection? You better care, my friend, because you're going to be raised from the dead. Like it or not, ready or not, you're going to be raised from the dead. Now, those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we take great comfort in knowing that we're going to be raised from the dead because we already transacted our faith, our business, you might call it, with the Lord. We trusted in Him. We know what it means to be forgiven. We know what it means to have a new life. We're not afraid of death. We don't like the idea of dying and the pain of it and the suffering of it and the separation of it, but we know that we're going to be with the Lord. Now, that's just a euphemism people say a lot of times when someone dies. They try to comfort one another, and they say, it doesn't matter who the person is, they say, well, at least he's not suffering now. Well, he's in a better place now. They say all of these kind of things, trying to comfort one another. And a lot of them don't even believe what they're saying. They're not saying it about that person. They're just trying to calm themselves down. But the only person who doesn't suffer anymore, read Luke 16, the only person who doesn't suffer anymore is the person who belongs to Christ. The person who belongs to Christ, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, absent from the body, present with the Lord. He said, I have the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. That's the hope of the Christian. But if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not repented of your sins and put faith in Him this morning, you don't have that hope. And death is not going to be better for you. It's going to be worse, not just for the death, but because afterwards it is appointed a man wants to die, and after this, ah, uh, brother, the judgment comes because God is going to raise them from the dead. And how do we know this? Well, the writer to the book of Hebrews said it in Hebrews 9, 27, but then the apostle John said it in the book of Revelation. Chapter 20 and verse 12, these awful words he said, I saw the dead. He didn't read about them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You ever seen a dead person standing? Well, back in the old west when they kill a criminal, they used to stand him up in a wheelbarrow or a box or, or, or his own coffin. They stand him up and prop him against the wall so people could take pictures of him. I never saw a dead person standing. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So this is not theory. The apostle John, by revelation, direct from Jesus Christ, has already looked forward into the future and seen that day. And why do you think God is telling us about this? Is he telling us this because he wants to scare us? Because he wants to ruin our appetite for lunch? Why is he telling us these things? He's telling us these things because this is where humanity without Christ is headed. Small and great. The popular. The powerful. The intellectual. 
and the weak and the ignorant. They're all going to the same place without Christ. The key is Jesus Christ. This is why we preach Christ. This is why he died for our sins. This is why he rose again. This is why we preach the gospel. Because without him, there is no forgiveness. Mary doesn't forgive us. The church doesn't forgive us. Confessing our sins to someone doesn't forgive us. Doing good works doesn't erase any sins. The only person who can forgive sin is Jesus Christ. And to leave this life without forgiveness in the person of Christ is to go into a lost eternity. If a man die, shall he live again? And the answer is yes. You might not want to, but you're going to. I saw the dead, small and great. And if we read on in the book of Revelation, we find it down in chapter 20, down farther down in the, or actually before in this passage that we were reading, where he speaks of the resurrection. He speaks of the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And he talks about the believers in verses 4 and 6. And he says, this is the first resurrection. All of those who have believed in Jesus Christ, when he comes to reign on this earth, and he is coming, he's coming physically, don't be confused. It's not a secret, invisible, philosophical coming. He's actually coming to the earth. What do the angels tell the disciples? This same Jesus whom you saw go into heaven. They were watching as he disappeared into heaven. His ascension alive bodily into heaven. They said, this same Jesus will come again just as you have seen him go. Right back to the Mount of Olives. And he's going to establish his kingdom on this earth. And everyone on this earth is going to know him. Well, so you'll believe in him in this life and be saved, be forgiven of your sins and have a new life. Or you'll believe about him later, but you won't be saved for believing it. When the judgments fall, the Old Testament prophets used to say about the judgments of the nations, they would say, and all of them, for example, they're speaking of the nation of Egypt. They say, and all of the Egyptians will know that the Lord is God. Ah, but they're going to know it too late. They didn't believe it in time to be saved, but they're going to know it. There's not going to be any doubt in anyone's mind. They'll all know. But the first resurrection is for all of those who have trusted in the Lord. And they're going to live and reign with Him, the Scripture says, for a thousand years on this earth. And then we have these awful words in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 5. He doesn't say a lot about them right then, but he said, look at this phrase, chapter 20 and verse 5, he says, but the rest of the dead, those are not the believers. So we're divided into that, those two groups here this morning. Those of us who are believers in the Lord and the rest. And that division is made by God. And that division is made and participated in by you. Either you trust the Lord, you repent of your sins and you trust in Him as your Lord and Savior, or you don't. And everyone in this room this morning is divided into one of those two groups. Now I'd rather be, and I am, thank God, in the first group. We're going to rise from the dead in the first resurrection. Remember we said there were two resurrections. The first resurrection, all the believers in Christ, they're going to live and reign with him for a thousand years on the earth. But the rest of the dead, 
the rest of the dead. When are they raised? Well, that comes down in verse 12. I saw the dead. I saw a throne, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged. This is not God judging the living. This is God judging the dead. Those who had died and have been raised from the dead. The dead were judged. He says, out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. It should cause fear and trembling this morning. If you're not a believer, in your heart it should cause fear and trembling to know that men are not going to judge you, but God is. People say this sometimes when they're aggravated with someone for saying something that they consider imposes on their lifestyle, and they say, it's not for you to judge. Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. Well, he will, my friend. He will judge you, and you're not going to like it when he does. You're not going to like it. The judgment has all been committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we're going to see now, when the Apostle Paul preached in Acts chapter 17, he stood before the men in Athens. These were some of the first Europeans to hear the message of the gospel. In Acts chapter 17, he's preaching along to them about how superstitious, how religious they are with all of their altars and images and all the things they had. But then he begins to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says in verse 31, in verse 30 and 31. In the times of this ignorance, the ignorance of man's religion and philosophy, in the times of this ignorance, God overlooked. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. That's a commandment. Because, you want to know why? Why do I have to repent? Read the next verse. He hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, concerning which he hath given assurance to all men in that he has raised him from the dead. There's the resurrection of Christ. But now it's the resurrection of Christ not presented in the context like we've been celebrating this morning and remembering and thanking God that our Lord and Savior rose from the dead. And He's alive to give us life. He's alive to save us. But we're not talking about that here. And when we preach, and when the apostolic preaching of the gospel went out, when they preached to those who do not yet know Christ, they warned them. I told you I was going to speak frankly. They warned them. God has appointed a day. He says, you need to repent. And today's your opportunity. Some of the people in Athens took advantage of their day of opportunity and believed, and others didn't. Most of them didn't. Well, if you walk out those doors today without believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, like they say here in the States, that's on you. And I don't want it to be. But I can't believe for you. He says, you need to repent because he, God, has appointed a day. Didn't we read that in Hebrews 9, 27? It is established. The men wants to die, but after this, the judgment. 
Didn't the Lord Jesus say it in, in John chapter 9? The day is coming, the hour is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. They'll come out of the grave. Doesn't matter they've been dead 10 years, 1,000 years, it doesn't matter. You say, how can they do that? There's nothing but dust left. God who created the heavens and the earth, you don't think he can recompose a human being and make him stand there before him? He's got almighty power and he's going to do it. So the resurrection is very practical. The resurrection is a comfort to those of us who are Christians. And it gives us hope and assurance. The one we trusted in, we're going to be with him and live forever. But the resurrection is a warning. It's a very serious warning to everyone else. Because you're going to have an appointment with God. God has appointed a day. We already talked about the appointment. God has an agenda. He has a calendar. And there's a day marked, and you don't know when it is. There's a day marked on that calendar when judgment is coming. We've already seen the warning signs in the world around us. And as the world continues to get worse and worse, judgment day is ever closer to us. Time is short. Today is the only day I can promise you for salvation. Today is the day to believe in the Lord. He's appointed a day in which, what's he going to do in that day? Judge the world. Judge the world. Who's going to judge the world? Jesus Christ. He says here, he will judge the world in righteousness. No favoritism, but with the perfect righteousness, the justice of God by the word, the law that he has established, and knowing omnisciently every person, all of their thoughts and words and deeds, God is going to judge righteously every human being. This is not your friends or your parents judging you. This is omniscient, all-powerful God. It says in Romans, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. No secrets. You might have secrets from other people here in the room, but you have no secrets with God. Your life is an open book to him. And God is going to judge the secrets. He says, judge in righteousness. And who's, he, who's going to commit the judgment? Who's going to carry it out? By that man whom he has ordained. Now there's an ordained judge. There's someone who's been ordained. He's been established as the judge. The Father's committed all judgment to him. And what's going to happen on that day? Well, he is going to examine, not because he needs to find out. He's going to examine and, and manifest it before all unbelievers what their life was like. And what does Romans say? The wages of sin is death. And all the, open the book of your works and look at your life from beginning to end. If there's one sin in it, then you're a sinner. It might be a thought, it might be a word, it might be a deed. Oh, well, if you only had one a day, you would probably be the best person in the Bay Area. If you only had one a day. Well, just imagine how many there are. If you're 10 years old, if you're 20 years old, if you're 30 years old and you've committed 10 or 20 a day and they're just piling up and piling up and the wages of sin is death and when those awful books are open, all of those things are going to be seen. God already knows them but he's going to show you why he can't let you into heaven. Same thing with all of us. We're sinners too. Difference being, we've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're forgiven. 
and he's changed our lives. And this is what we wish for you this morning. He has given assurance that this judgment day is coming because the judge has been raised from the dead. And here's the thing that I find is the great contradiction. <laughs> or so. I don't know if the word is contradiction. If I don't hit the words right on in English, you make up for me. People all over the country today are celebrating the resurrection. And I just shake my head. If you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're celebrating the resurrection of the one who's going to be your judge. It would be better for you if he stayed in the grave. Because he's the one who's going to judge you. Oh, but he didn't stay in the grave. He came out. He rose from the dead. He lives. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And he's coming to judge the world in righteousness. And God has put humanity on notice. Judgment is coming. Because the one who's going to judge us is the one he raised from the dead. And the resurrection, while it is a tremendous hope to us and encouragement to us as believers, well... It's a warning to everyone else. It would be better for you today, my friend, if you get on the right side of the resurrection and trust in the resurrected Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive your sins and to give you a new life that you're not capable of living without Him. You say, I can't live the Christian life. None of us can. But we have, when we're saved, when we trust Christ and we're saved, then He changes us from the inside out and it's Him living in us. That's where we get the power. We're not better than you. We're not better than people who aren't believers yet. We wouldn't think that. Perish the thought. We're just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. And that's where it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection, the empty tomb, it's not a theory. It's not a philosophy. It's a fact. He lives. And I'm glad he does. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. What about you?